So veterans are great franchisees. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody knows the statistic, but one in seven franchisees is owned by a veteran. And veterans make excellent franchisees because they get the concept. That's Stacey Marmalejo, a GI brat and creator of Franchise Prep Academy, an unbiased course in which people learn all they need to know to buy a franchise business. Coming up next, I'm Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Navy Federal Credit Union wants to thank the men and women in the U.S. military for their important commitment to our country. Learn more about how Navy Federal is celebrating the commitment that connects them to their members at NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. All right, we're talking with Stacy Marmalejo from Franchise Prep Academy. Stacy, you grew up as a military brat. Thanks for being here to tell your entrepreneurial story. Before we get started, take us back. Give us a little bit of your background and ultimately what you did in corporate America and eventually how you got into franchising. I am a proud GI brat. Um, my family's military career dates back to 1918. Nice. So both grandfathers uh, served my one in the Army Air Corps, the one uh, in World War One, And then my dad was career military, all four uncles, three in the Navy, one in the Army career. My brother, his wife were both Air Force career. And then my oldest nephew joined the Air Force. My son went to an ROTC college prep school. So very, very proud military background. I uh, loved growing up as a GI brat. Um, So thank you for having me here. I really appreciate it. I, uh, I have a very warm spot in my heart for the military. I've never told this publicly and I debated whether I was going to share it here, Uh but I'm going to, I tried to join the Navy and I failed the officer entrance exam. Mm. So (laughs) everything happens for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so I ended up after college, I ended up going to work. I got a degree in journalism and ended up going to work for a magazine. And that led me into working for the airlines, which I did for about 10 years, uh, climbing the corporate ladder. And then I ended up being recruited back to a publishing firm, which was my last corporate spot. And I was the um, senior vice president of marketing there. I love my job. I love the people I worked with. I loved what I did. I got paid well but something was missing. I just had this itch that needed to be scratched. And I had always wanted to be an entrepreneur back to college days. But because my mother grew up, her father was in the military and her husband was in the military. She saw the military as a very secure career field and was very concerned about my ability to make money and to live if I didn't join the military. So I kind of felt like I couldn't be an entrepreneur because that was way too scary. That would never have flown in (laughs) in the house. So I followed that that uh, career path through corporate. And then at 45, I was just like, man, I have I'm not fulfilled. I have to do something for me. Um, And at the time, my son was into music. So 
I looked at uh, taking him to a summer camp and the summer camps were finished here in, in the Twin Cities where he grew up. And so I looked online to try and find some place to take him for a summer camp. And I called uh, a school out on the East Coast and they said, well, we don't have any more summer camps, but we're getting ready to sell franchises if you're interested. Really? That's how I ended up owning franchises. Oh, yeah. Wait, so which Not, one was it? Like a, a music summer camp? Yeah, it was uh, the actual franchise was called it is called School of Rock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they oh, no have kidding. I think they're up to 350 locations in 10 countries now. Now, did they so, exist before the movie came out? No. <laughs> so segue to a really kind of cool story. So uh, A&E, the TV show or the channel A&E mm-hmm. came out to the very first School of Rock and did a documentary on it in Philadelphia. The founder, his name was Paul Green. He actually looks like Jack Black. <laughs> Someone okay. acts like Jack Black. So huh. A&E came out and did this documentary on the school of rock. So that's still out in the ether somewhere. It's yeah. fascinating. And then a few years later, Paramount pictures did the movie school of rock. Now Paramount and A&E are owned by the same company, but Paramount swears they knew nothing about this documentary when they wrote this story huh. school of rock. Yeah. And several people went to Paul and said, aren't you going to sue them? And Paul said, are you kidding? This is the greatest marketing I could have ever asked for. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No kidding. So how long were you, how long were you a franchisee? 16 years. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. I had, I started out as a uh, multi-unit. I had three uh-huh. and I believe so much in, the program that I had this vision that I was just going to build schools of rock from on I-35 from Minnesota to Houston. Yeah. Um, But after I had three of them, I learned something about myself. And that was that the thing I love most about school of rock was being with my clients was watching these kids grow up Mm -hmm. and the self-confidence that they gained through learning music and performing music. Mm -hmm. So, when I had three schools, I didn't really have relationships with my clients because I was too busy running three businesses. Yeah. And that's why after the first one, when the franchise uh, renewal came up, I sold it back to the corporate office and they since resold it to somebody else. The second one was, it was a bad location. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, that's one of the um, risks inherent in, in buying a new franchise Because they don't, the whole theory behind franchises, right, is that they figure out how it works. They give you the game plan. Mm -hmm. You execute exceptionally well and you're very successful, right? But when you buy a new franchise, they may have had some corporate stores open for a while, but they haven't really dialed in all of the details. And so one of the details that they hadn't dialed in yet was what makes the perfect location. Mm. so that that third location that I bought was, it was, it was a bad choice. Wow. Um, damn near bankrupted me. Yeah. So For ended up spending a lot of money to get out of that deal. But then my third one was the one that was immensely successful. And that was the last one I focused on, mm-hmm. you know, but the brand was stronger by then. 
and there were more locations and that one happened to be in a great location. So I did end up uh, having a very nice career with it, with uh, earning six figures a year. And I just sold it last November for just south of a million dollars. No kidding. The one franchise. The one, one location. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Holy cow. So, so I was going to retire. So I walked around my house for a couple of days wondering what retired people do. (laughs) And I called my brother who's several years older than I am. And I asked him and he said, "Will you go play golf, but I don't play golf. So I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And a friend of mine said, you know, you have been, I was on the franchise advisory board. Mm-hmm. Um, as a, as a director, uh, vice, I last position was a vice president and I was helping so many new school of rock franchisees. And then I started helping people who were buying other franchises. And so a friend of mine said, rather than doing this for free, why don't you like create a business out of it? And I was like, I'm sure someone's doing it. And, you know, you can get a lot of information online about sure. franchises, but if you don't really know you don't know what's accurate and what's inaccurate. Right. You know, um, there is a statistic that a lot of people, even people in the franchise industry are continuing to quote that says something like 90% of all franchises succeed. And that's just not an accurate statement. Yeah. I wouldn't think so. No. And like the international franchise association and a bunch of franchise consultants are all trying to dispel that poor statistic, but people who are writing blogs are just like grabbing it somewhere and it just keeps perpetuating itself and we can't seem to get it off the internet. So it's really important that even if you're doing research online, you need to make sure that it's coming from reputable sources. Absolutely. I've seen the commitment that Navy Federal has to the military in my 32 years as a Navy Federal member. May is Military Appreciation Month, and Navy Federal would like to show you their appreciation. For more than 85 years, Navy Federal Credit Union has made it their mission to help people in the military community. Navy Federal Credit Union is open to all branches of the military, veterans, and their families. Members can enjoy an average earning and savings of $352 per year, a savings rate three times the industry average, an average credit card APR 5% lower than the industry average, award-winning 24-7 stateside member service, and over 350 branches worldwide. Show your own support for our troops with hashtag MissionMilitaryThanks. Learn more about how Navy Federal is celebrating the commitment that connects them to their members at NavyFederal.org celebrate. Insured by NCUA. Dollar value represents the results of the 2020 Navy Federal Member Giveback Study. Value claim based on Navy Federal's 2020 Member Giveback Study. Credit card value claim based on 2020 Navy Federal as low as APR averages compared to advertised industry APR averages as of December 31st, 2020, published on creditcards.com. All right, back talking with Stacy Marmalejo from Franchise Prep Academy. So you're at this decision point, you've sold out, you've been a successful franchisee, you're looking around for something to do next. Where'd you come up with the idea for a Franchise Prep Academy? So a friend suggested that I do it because I was doing it anyway. Uh-huh. And when I first started, I started out with a four week boot camp and that's all there was to it. Because one of the biggest challenges I think when people are thinking about buying a franchise or starting a business is mm-hmm. understanding their why. Yep. And without understanding your why, you may end up trading one job for another. 
instead of really being fulfilled in what you're doing. So with Franchise Prep Academy, we start with an assessment, which is a motivator assessment, as well as a core competency assessment. So most people's why to start a business comes down to four, one of four reasons or a combination thereof. They either want to make more money, they want freedom, flexibility, or fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And typically one is a stronger motivator than the others. So in this motivator assessment that I've partnered with, we can help define that. So if it's more important that you have freedom and flexibility to go to your kid's soccer game in the middle of the day, you're going to make a different decision about a franchise than if money is your motivator. Uh Uh, Guys and women who are still serving, maybe they're looking a year down the road, right? Right. Uh, There are some franchisors who allow um, absentee owners and there are others who require you to be an owner operator. So the reason that I started Franchise Prep Academy is to help people understand the nuances in the franchise world. So now we start out with a four week boot camp where we cover each individual's why. Uh, We look at their core competency. We do a net worth to determine what they can afford. And then we start digging into what franchises are available so we can find those that meet that why. Um, And then what we do is we go, there's a, I'm sure some of your other franchise guests have talked about the franchise disclosure document, Mm -hmm. but it's a legal document with 23 items and you can find them online. Some people are trying to sell them to you for, you know, $2,500 or $1,200. The franchisor will give it to you for free. There's absolutely no reason to pay these websites for these documents. Um, But every franchise disclosure document is set up the same. It's got 23 specific items that by regulatory law have to be answered in this document. And so once you understand all the 23 items and what they mean, you can read any disclosure document and understand it. So there are books out there that tell you what those 23 items are, but they don't tell you what they mean. So we go over in depth the meaning of each of these items Mm -hmm. so that you can decide how that impacts your life. And uh, one example of that is you can look, most franchises are, they have terms. So it might be you sign a 10 year term and then you can renew for another 10 years and then renew for five. Some are, you start with a five year term and you add every five years, right? Mm -hmm. That seems pretty straightforward. But the meaning behind it is the reality is they cannot change anything in your franchise agreement for the for the length of your franchise agreement unless it says specifically that they can, but Uh, most don't. So, for example, uh, if you're paying royalties of arguably eight percent, right, they can't change your royalty rate until you renew your franchise. uh, So if you're on a 10 year term and they change the, and they increase royalty rates at your five-year mark, you're still on the lower franchise royalty. Mm -hmm. Conversely, if you sign a 10-year term and you're three years in and you're like, I hate this, you don't get to just walk away. So if it's your first go at it, maybe you want a franchise that's only got a five-year term. Otherwise, you're going to be looking at trying to sell it. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So every one of those 23 items sort of has this underlying meaning that, yes, on the surface, you can read it and you know what the words say. You can and you know the difference between five years and 10 years. You just don't know why that's important. Right. Wow. Interesting. So we spend a lot of time going in those details so that once people do start going out and getting these franchise disclosure documents, they know how to think about them. Yeah. And so your current, your current time frame, your, your current course is about four weeks. It's four weeks. We start at the beginning of each month. Uh-huh. And then beyond that, we go into, for those that want to, we go into group coaching. Mm-hmm. So we can go, if somebody decides that they want to buy a franchise after the four weeks and they, they choose to stay in coaching, then we'll coach with them. Mm-hmm. They can either do three months, six months, 12 months. Um, because once you buy the franchise, the franchisor's responsibility to you is to help generate revenue. Right. Your responsibility as a business owner is to generate profitability. And those are two different focuses. So while the franchisor and you're probably going to get like a district franchise officer, they all have different names that that help you along the way. They're going to help you focus on revenue. And if you're in, we call it our power squad. If you're in the power squad, then we help you focus on profitability. Interesting. Yeah. So one of the things, one of the pieces of information you'd sent me, you used an analogy with a financial planner, just like, uh, like, um, franchise, you know, coaches or consultants. It's a similar thing where you have a, in a, can you go over that example to just to describe how you think about, if you think about a financial advisor, there are two models. One model is you pay the, the advisor and they give you information and you make decisions. The second model is you get an advisor who gets paid commission based on your trades. Neither is right or wrong. It's just a different model. And that's the same between Franchise Prep Academy and a franchise consultant. So a franchise consultant has a catalog of franchises that they represent. Mm -hmm. And when you go to them, For free, they will teach you what the franchise disclosure document says. They'll help you pick a franchise. They'll introduce you to the franchisor that seems to be a good fit for you. And they will be paid commission from the franchisor that you ultimately buy from. Mm -hmm. So again, neither way is right or wrong. They're just different. So uh, I think for those who may be curious about franchising, but don't know much about it, I would say come to the four week boot camp and learn about it and then go to a, a franchise consultant. But I would also encourage everybody to like interview franchise consultants the way you would interview a financial advisor, uh-huh. because some are simply salespeople who are going to steer you towards whatever franchise they get the highest commission on, mm-hmm. while others, and I know some very good, good franchise consultants who are only going to do what's in your best interest. Sure. And they're only going to introduce you to franchisors that they think will, will satisfy you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what you're not going to get going to them are the things like the personal assessment, the motivation assessment. So here's an example for that. There was a, a guy who 
loved music. So you can tell where this story comes from. But there was a guy who loved music and he decided that he wanted a music franchise. Uh So he bought a music franchise. Well, what he discovered was he wasn't really in a music franchise. He was in a child enrichment franchise. And he had all these helicopter moms fussing at him because... (laughs) Their kid wasn't getting enough attention or wasn't getting enough songs. You know, my kid is a savant and you're not noticing this, whatever. And it really grated on him (laughs) because he thought he was in the music business when he was in the child enrichment business. So knowing your why is so important. Knowing your motivators is so, so important. Yeah, absolutely. I could could see that. That's pretty much the case with dealing with any kind of child activity whatsoever is exactly you're really yeah. in the d- business of dealing with the parents not yeah the kids. But, but one is if you're doing it as a volunteer you could like my brother always uh he was a baseball coach and an umpire yeah and he was like i can always walk away it's like if, if you buy a franchise with a 10-year term you're gonna have to learn to deal with helicopter moms so yeah yeah no in that scenario yeah so it's really important to know what motivates you and your why and to make sure that the franchise you're looking at is what you think it is. Yeah. So talk, uh, if somebody's interested in Franchise Prep Academy, where do we, where do we find you? Franchiseprepacademy.com. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have also created a landing page for people listening to okay. this podcast so Great. if you go to franchiseprepacademy.com slash veteran on the move, awesome. I've got three free eBooks up there for you. That'll give you a little more information on franchising. Okay, great. We'll, we'll, we'll get that link put in the show notes. Perfect. Thank you. So if you're driving down the road, don't, don't try to write that down. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> um, so go into a little bit more depth on maybe, if you can share with us what the cost structure is of your, of your course and maybe a little more detail on, you know, as, as you're walking through the course, what's covered in the whole four weeks. Sure. So it is, if you pay in full upfront, it's $3,000 for the four week course. We meet three times a week. Mm -hmm. Each week has a different subject focus Mm -hmm. and we kick it off on a Saturday with me giving information and then the next Tuesday is an open Q&A. Mm-hmm. And then the next Thursday, we bring in an expert in the franchise industry to talk about their specific section of okay. the business. So as an example, the first one's the easy one. You bring in, we, we have a franchisee come in and say what it's like to own your own franchise. Awesome. And then the second week, we have a franchisor come in. Because mm-hmm. buying a franchise is not like buying a hat or a shirt just because you have the money doesn't mean they're going to sell it to you. So when you meet the franchisor, just as much as you're vetting them, they're vetting you to see if you're a good cultural fit. So the idea of having the franchisor come in is to share what it is franchisors look for in their prospective franchisees. So it's kind of like, uh, if you're going for a job interview and somebody gives you the interview questions ahead of time mm-hmm. kind of thing. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then financing is typically the number one concern that people have either in starting a business or buying a franchise. Uh-huh. And uh, as a side note, 
financing is easier to come by if you buy a franchise than it is if you do a startup business because the lenders banks or wherever you get the money know that there's a history of success in the in that particular franchise or in the franchise model Mm -hmm. whereas they may not know you as an individual yeah so we talk about financing actually for two weeks one week we talk with a banker mainly to talk about sba lending Mm -hmm. and then the next week we talk with a financial advisor to talk about how to use your retirement to fund a franchise because if you take retirement funds out and i like i'm talking iras and that type of retirement not military retirement pay but if you take that money out and then turn around and spend it on a franchise it's taxable if you roll it over from your investment firm to buying a franchise then it's not it's tax free it's tax deferred i should say so there's a way like typically, typically a traditional IRA, you would have to, traditional IRA is pre-tax money. Right. So if you pulled it out of a traditional IRA, you could, there's actually a way you can put it into buying a franchise without paying the penalty or counting it as income tax. Is that correct? Exactly. But you don't pull it out to do that. Yeah. It has to be transferred. It has to be hands off. rolled over. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, if you think of it like your business is like a mutual fund or a stock, let's say. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then you're getting a professional to take it out of whatever mutual fund it's in now Mm -hmm. into your mutual, your mutual fund, which is technically your business. I don't I don't they've expanded the uses of being able to use IRA, Roth IRA, retirement money. Over the years, I didn't know that you could actually do that. Yeah. And and again, th- I have now given you my level of knowledge. So that's yeah. why we bring experts in sure. to tell you how it works. So, yeah, well, at least that's the idea. I mean, <clears throat> the idea behind it. So, yeah. Um, uh, so we go into financing. Um, we've identified 15 different avenues of financing so okay. that. You know, some people may be looking for a lower price Mm -hmm. franchise, while others may be looking for a higher price. And if you've got the net worth and you can qualify with the franchisor, then the question is just where do you get the money, right? So here's 15, and I don't mean like 15 companies that give loans, you know, Uh it's like rolling over your IRA is one way. Um, Taking out a home equity loan is one way, you know? So we've identified 15 ways to get money to buy your franchise. And then one other um, expert that we have come in that I think might be the most important when it's all said and done Mm -hmm. is a relationship expert. Hmm. Because if you want to buy or start your own business and your significant other is risk averse, it may cause some tension or you may not even know how to bring it up. The conversation is a possibility. Mm -hmm. So we have a relationship, a relationship expert who comes in and talks about how to even bring up the topic with your significant other. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah good information. So, um, I'm curious, 
do you see a, one or two or three most common ways of financing a franchise on, on, a, on a regular basis? Or is it really you see people using all 15 of them? Um, I, there are probably a handful that are the most prominent SBA loan, um, heck, home equity or savings uh-huh. for the, a deposit. Um, or possibly um, the rollover yeah. from, yeah. Okay. But then some people want them and they like, they're really struggling with finding the money. Mm-hmm. So I have a contact and I know I'm not the only one, but I have a contact with a man whose whole company is built on finding funds for people who don't qualify for loans. And it's going to be, it's, it's going to be, you know, high interest kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, If it's a, a, what's the word I'm looking for? High risk loan. Okay. Um, But the other option, you know, is to look at, at smaller franchises. There are franchises that start at like $10,000. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, so uh, when they're fairly new. Right. And then another philosophy is let's say that you're going to spend a hundred thousand dollars on your startup business and you've decided you want to do a franchise. Are you going to do one location that's going to cost you a hundred thousand or would you be better off buying four locations at 25,000 each? Hmm. Yeah. You know, so that's another thing that you just, you have to really think about like kind of like my school of rock story. I thought I wanted, you know, 40 of them because I had come out of corporate America and I was used to this like, you know, tiered structure Mm -hmm. of a boss and he has a couple reports and she has reports and it goes all the way down. Right. But then I discovered that's really not what got my juices flowing. I just really loved watching the kids and watching them get confidence. And so funny, I thought I was buying a music program and I was happy to get into child enrichment. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, classes like this, boot camps like this didn't exist back then. So do you, do you, do you have a lot of veterans that go through franchise prep Academy? We do actually. And it might be because, um, when I first started, I started with a lot of my brother's friends and then, uh, uh-huh. there's a franchise consultant who is a vet as well. And she's introduced me to a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, for the franchise consultant, having people go through this four week boot camp really helps expedite their service to them. Sure. Because it they what happens is once somebody goes through the, the boot camp, then they go over to a franchise consultant. The franchise consultant doesn't have to spend all that time educating them. They're already educated on the concept. Mm. And so then it's just boils down to, so what do you think you might enjoy? And then working with that franchise consultant to pick that franchise that you want. Have you noticed any difference in dealing with veterans going through your academy versus non-veterans? So veterans are great franchisees. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody knows the statistic, but one in seven franchisees is owned by a veteran. And veterans make excellent franchisees because they get the concept. Mm. So, you know, you join the military and you learn the systems and the processes and the procedures. And you know that your job is to execute your component to your greatest ability. Uh And that feeds 
the entire goal. And it's the same with franchises. You know, you're, you're, you own this little world that you bought, but whatever you do, and particularly online, is going to have a halo effect on all your fellow franchisees and the franchisor. So it is about being a part of something bigger and understanding that and understanding the limitations is really important in the franchise world. So the vets get that. So, you know, some people who they're leaving their corporate job because they hate the fact that they can't make any of the final decisions. Well, there are some things you're going to make final decisions on in a franchise, but there are also things that are Mm non-negotiable. And for those people, and that's another good reason to take the course actually is not everybody buys a franchise after they go through the course. They're like, Oh, I'm not doing that. Right. You know? Um, But wouldn't you rather spend $3,000 to save yourself from a $50,000 mistake? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That you're going to live with for five or 10 years, you know? So yeah, I, I, and again, I have a warm spot for vets anyway, but I still think vets make better franchisees than anybody else. All right. Well, Stacy, we're getting close to the end of our time. I want to give you the last word. Uh, once again, FranchisePrepAcademy.com. And what's your link again for the, the free giveaway? Yeah, FranchisePrepAcademy.com slash Veteran on the Move. All right. And last word, if you're talking to somebody out there that's getting out of the military, looking to get into entrepreneurship, describe for them you know, what, what kind of advice comes to mind thinking back about your beginning days of an entrepreneur and where you're at now? I didn't know what I didn't know. And I could say that's good and bad because I don't know if I would have taken the risk had I known. Um, But I do think it's educate, educate, educate yourself more about yourself than anything else. Right. You know, you've been, you've been doing the military thing for however long, two years, four years, 20 years, whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is the turning point. You get to do anything you want. What would get, make you happy? Right. Awesome. Freedom, flexibility, fulfillment, or money. Which one is your main driver? And then only look at businesses or opportunities that fill that hole. Great. All right. Great advice, Stacy. Thanks for sharing your entrepreneurial success story. You got some great information, some an awesome course going on uh, for anybody interested in getting into franchising. So thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Joe. I appreciate it. And thank you for having this podcast. It's fabulous. Oh, you bet. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. We are out. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show... Leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.